The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Well, the Garda Representative Association annual conference is on in Westport and County Mayo over the next three days. Uh, delegates representing about 12,000 rank-and-file members of Angarda Shikona in, in a 14,000. We're joined by its president, Brendan O'Connor. Brendan, thank you very much for joining us. And when we're talking numbers, we had the Acting Minister for Justice, Simon Harris, on the programme recently and I was challenging him about his contention that he would get an extra 1,000 Gardaí onto the force this year. How confident would you be that you'll get all those extra recruits at a time when you seem to be losing a lot of members? Well, unfortunately, Matt, we wouldn't share the, the Minister's optimism because we believe that the, 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 the continuing decline in numbers and, and the struggle to, to, to get people through the system will continue. And, you know, we're near the end of April now, so nearly four months of the year has, has elapsed and there's only 130 people in training. So that's a very small proportion of that 1,000. Now, maybe they will be able to turn around, but we would certainly be... Uh, sceptical and wouldn't, wouldn't share the optimism of the Minister. Because you've been under target in recent years as well, haven't you? That's correct. Uh, we had 800 promised last year and we ended up recruiting only 300. So, you know, the, 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 unfortunately, the, 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 the commitment is there from government and the funding is there, but they just don't seem to be able to process the applications and get suitable candidates and put them through the programme. And then what about those going out? Because how many of them are early retirements and how many of them are relatively new recruits who decide quite quickly, this ain't for me? Well, we've seen in the last few years, we've seen um, probably what we would consider is a tripling in the number of people who have chosen to re- resign year on year since 2017. So if we go on the first three months of this year, if those figures continue, we will see in excess of uh, well over 140 will leave this year. And then we're also approaching the 30th anniversary of, of an accelerated recruitment drive. So that means that a, a disproportionate number of members would be eligible for retirement. And unfortunately, the trend in recent years, because of the issues that GRA continues to highlight, is that a lot of people are choosing to retire earlier, possibly, than they would have traditionally just seem to be. People just want to seem to go, get out of the organisation, unfortunately. And also, when we're talking about numbers, you know, we keep being told as well, well, it's numbers in the organisation at a record high. But we've never had a bigger population. So how do we look when it comes to the numbers of Gardaí per head of population? Well, we don't have those comparative studies, but uh, numbers exactly what I mean. As you say, the population is growing. The levels of demand in our members are, are growing. The sophistication of investigations in relation to the things that are reported to our members are more time-consuming. Uh, each incident that our members attend now requires so much bureaucracy and paperwork and duplication that's also placed in demand. So all those factors are, are, are uh, playing into to the situation that your listeners will be familiar with, that they just don't see as many Gardaí on the street. So, you know, it's just there's a bigger demand on less people and that's just impacting on the service and that's why we have the theme of conference. We believe our members are coming close to breaking point. Yeah, they, some of these are old suggestions. I remember debating on this programme nearly 20 years ago, but what about getting increased numbers of people doing the back office work and allowing the Gardaí out to do the policing? What about something like having additional support from a Garda reserve? Well, unfortunately, Matt, we have the public have been told that that is the case, and we have recruited significant numbers of Garda staff in recent years, and that was the theory that they would free up Garda. But the work systems that have been introduced are so time-consuming. It seems to be the more people we recruit, the more bureaucracy we develop. So. I have yet to see any function relieved of sworn members. I mean, it's just basic things like typing statements and admin that just aren't being 
change and we see that the work practices aren't being streamlined so you have Gary having to return to stations to ring a call centre in Castle Bar at the end of a shift for maybe an hour sit and hold to record the details of an incident we don't have typists with young Gary coming in on days off to type files because they can't get access to computers so that is very that, that's all well and good in theory and the money has been invested but it just hasn't materialised It seems extraordinary Brendan that we're having all these discussions about artificial intelligence and the application of that and what it'll mean for the modern era and you're still stuck back in the days and of taking statements written up by longhand yes we still use pen and paper and if you get into sit into most patrol cars in ireland you will see a, a, a two-way radio communication you won't see any sort of data terminal any sort of recording equipment you know and it's 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 well established that the, the technology in Angarda Siakana is estimated to be about 30 as three decades behind most comparable de- jurisdictions and that's despite you know we're, we're in well into a modernization renewal project we're supposed to be building a police service for the future but our members are just not seeing the technology that's that's and have you been told why that's not happening have you been given explanations as is it down to a lack of investment or is it a lack of ability to put the various pieces of equipment into cars, into stations? We just don't know, but we see we see the folly of investment. Like Next year we're going to roll out CAD 2, which is, a, is, a, is an advancement in relation to computer-aided dispatch, and that probably will be a good system. But in the last couple of years, we actually rolled out a system nationwide that was from the 1980s, which has to be, you know, implemented the, the hardware put in place and then scrapped after two years so it seems to be piecemeal investment there doesn't seem to be a, an overarching uh, vision or a mission statement that everyone's working towards it seems to be uh, sections and, and, and projects that seem to be working in isolation that are contradicting each other so it just doesn't seem to be joined up thinking in the organization we don't know why that is or what the, what the reason is but it, it does come down to a, a management culture and a, and a management attitude and we believe that you know, it's the, the the money that's been invested by the taxpayer. They're not getting a good return. And where we're what we find, like we we attend police conferences around the world and other red bodies, and we see that some of the problems they have are because there's a lack of funding and a lack of money. But in fairness to the government of this jurisdiction, there's, there's been unprecedented levels of investment in Garda Shikona, but unfortunately the taxpayer are not getting good, good bang for their buck and our members are not seeing an improvement and an advancement in policing that they envisage and we bought into it and we actually delivered the productivity which we thought were the building blocks to build that but we just don't see it materialising and it's incredibly frustrating for our members. But you see then when we look at some of the motions that are on your agenda for your GRA conference at present and there's one apparently from the Dublin West Division which I think possibly the busiest part of Garda in the country. But they're calling for a cap on the number of investigations Garda are expected to be involved in at one time. And I can see why that might make sense, but that would imply, wouldn't it, that then an awful lot of things wouldn't actually be investigated. That should be. Well, that is the problem, Matt. And we would say that currently... You know that that what you describe may maybe the unintended consequences, but at least if people were focused on the investigations that they had and they were brought to fruition, or there was some sort of a vetting or, or, or triage system where they could weed out the files and the investigations that can be progressed. But people are just completely swamped and overwhelmed by their workload and overburdened, and it's just uh, people are just crying out for some sort of relief from the relentless pressure. And that again. All the different elements that we're actually highlighting feed in. So in a place like the DMR West that you talk about where there's members have excessive workloads, that's where we're seeing the highest numbers of resignations. So if you have a unit and you have X number of files distributed amongst five people and someone leaves, then their workload is distributed among those who remain. So it's 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 a 
the perpetual problem and it's just feeding into itself and it's just it's just grinding people down and somebody needs to say right let's take ownership what can be done because there's a certain amount of denial amongst garden management both locally and at the national level the extent of the problem and it's just continue as you are there guys and we had young guards going to the superintendents and saying i cannot cope i need help and they're told you need to manage your time better when they're just being told they can't have time to go on files the next call has come in there's no one else to go to get in the car go to the next call go to the next call and it's just it's 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 unsustainable and that's again where we say that. i remember just at breaking point and someone needs to take ownership of that and acknowledge the problem and, and work with us to try and find a solution the irony of all of that though brendan is is that in setting out that you're probably creating the conditions in which people will say, well, I'm not joining on Garda Shikana, so you're not going to find all the new recruits to reduce the burden on those who are already in the service. Yeah, that is a problem. We acknowledge that. And there is a danger in us getting this message out there that we're actually, you know, people are saying that we're actually making the situation worse. But we're here to find solutions and we're here to talk to the minister and talk to the commissioner because the people we represent, they know what the problems are. They know what the fixes are. But unfortunately, we don't get listened to. And again, the taxpayer is paying for police and authorities, Garda, inspector, all these oversight bodies, which are really academic talking shops that aren't really fixing the policing problems. And yet the people who are at the coalface, who know what the problems are, who are in patrol cars, going to the members of the public day and day, their voice is not being heard. And Brendan, what do you make of this report that GSOC issued last Thursday in relation to what it regards as systematic failures within Garda Shikona? Well, actually, we would welcome that report because it shows a new departure where GSOC not only are looking at the circumstances of individual cases, but they're looking at systematic failures in relation to how things operate. But what we would say is GSOC issued a report saying what the Garda Representative Association and our members would have said at conference many, many years ago. So if the government and if the Garda manager would engage with us in a meaningful manner, we have the solutions and we can point out the problems of where policing is breaking down. But unfortunately, we don't get that meaningful engagement. Now that we've mentioned GSOC, we've already covered it on the programme, this extraordinary story of the resignation of a member who it seems had been fraternising with the Hutches. I mean, what does that say to us about the way GSOC operates, that one of its key people who may have actually been investigating Gardy investigating the Hutches appears to have been compromised in this manner? Well, we can't obviously comment on individual cases and the, the investigations at an early stage or the inquiry, but certainly it raises questions in relation to the oversight of GSOC and the management of it. So we would be, have always said there are, are issues in relation to who oversees the overseers. So it's definitely there's, 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 there's a conversation that needs to be there, but certainly action needs to be taken fairly quickly just to get to the bottom of this and see how serious the problem is and what, what the issues are at hand. Well, just one final one to finish, Brendan O'Connor. How much do you think difference has Drew Harris made as commissioner to changing the structures and doing things differently, given that when he was brought in from the PSNI, that might have been what a lot of people would have expected? Well, I suppose one person is, 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 is going to find it very difficult to change an entire organisation. And if you look at the reports from the police authority and from GSAC, what you will see is that unfortunately... The, the, the problem with Angarda Shikana over the years has been a culture where management initiatives were, were, were measured and signed off on and, and claimed to be a success with no analysis of their impact. And if you look at the report of GSOC last, last week, it seems to be that that is, that is this case. And we see with the operating policing model, we're aware of a situation recently in a division where a meeting that was held that was supposed to be the first 
implementation of meeting for operating policing model and we're told that the system will be fully implemented even though we were told in advance that this system would not be implemented until the proper planning and resources were put in place. So unfortunately the same mistakes are being made there might be new initiatives but the attitude to change, the attitude to, to uh, training and the attitude to have an, an honest conversation as to whether or not something is that's been implemented as being successful, that perpetuates Thank you very much, Brendan O'Connor, President of the Garda Representative Association. The last word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.